How could some of the recent talk that we hear coming from the Trump administration in the United States concerning the NATO alliance reflect prophetic possibilities? There are some. Welcome to another Tomorrow's World webcast. My name is Wallace Smith. I have an article here actually that was put out by Malden Economics. Uh, the authors of the article are George Friedman and Jacob L. Shapiro. I know I'm more familiar with George Friedman concerning his work with uh, uh, the Stratfor uh, sort of political strategic uh, forecasting organization that I think he began but certainly worked with for a long time, though I think he's retired from that. The title of the article is The Evolving NATO Alliance. And it really focuses on some comments from the new American administration concerning NATO. Let me go ahead and read some from the article. It says, U.S. Secretary of Defense James Mattis met with defense ministers from other NATO member countries in Brussels on February 15th. The meeting was closed to the public, but some of Mattis's comments were released to the media. And they have some quotes. America will meet its responsibilities, but if your nations do not want to see America moderate its commitment to this alliance, each of your capitals needs to show its support for our common defense. Then it says he added, America cannot care more for your children's security than you do. It's really some big talk. People have wondered if America's trying to back out of NATO or just wants to quit, quit NATO altogether or change its relationship. I would say changes relationships certainly seems like the most uh, uh, concise way to summarize it. A few more comments. The article explains how NATO is not like a normal alliance, and then it explains why. A normal alliance, you have a team of countries committed to each other's defense. You attack one, then you attack the rest, and they all agree to come together, and they sort of all carry the burden in that sense. So every country knows that if it's in trouble, the other ones are going to you know, bring the muscle to bear, uh, and they contribute to that alliance. And yet NATO hasn't been like that for a long, long time. Uh, sort of formed in the wake of the rising communist threat uh, in the USSR, et cetera, was a commitment to really chiefly protect Europe. And the, the article goes into detail. I'm just going to read just a few more selections. Uh, the, the authors here write, the world is more unstable today than at any point since the Soviet Union's fall. The U.S. is still the only global power, but it is not all powerful. The U.S. must have the support of its allies to meet challenges such as Russia and China, as well as in the ongoing war with radical Islamism. Other NATO members also must have the support of the U.S. And then it makes this point. Not all NATO members spend a similar amount on defense. NATO estimates that alliance members' defense expenditures, that is how much they're spending in terms of uh, you know, government spending, of all the nations in, in NATO, totaled $918.3 billion in 2016. Sounds impressive. But they point out more than 70% of that spending came from the United States. That is, you have 27 countries or so, or 28, and the United States uh, has spent, is, is spending 70% of all the money. The U.S. spends 2.5, two and a half times more on defense than all other NATO member states combined. You put every other NATO member state together and take all their spending, the United States, the United States spends more than double, two and a half times that amount. They summarize in one sentence, NATO is not currently a traditional military alliance. It is a list of 27 countries the U.S. has agreed to defend. 
And I think that is an excellent, concise summary of the situation with NATO. Essentially, we've made an agreement with all of these other nations, almost 30 other nations, and said, we agree to defend you. Uh, how many of them would be able to leap to the United States defense? Uh, so what's going on here? What are the possible consequences of this? Well, we have to keep in mind, and if you'd like some more details, we have an entire booklet on that. It's not meant to be a pitch, but if you want more details, I want you to make sure you know where they are. We have a booklet called the U.S. and Great Britain in Prophecy. It's on our website, completely free. Feel free and check it out. But what we do know from prophecy is the United States and Great Britain both, and uh, related nations that have descended from Great Britain and the United Kingdom, they are going to descend. They are going to fall. They are going to crumble. Uh, they're going to lose their strength, lose their power economically, militarily, and other nations are going to rise. It is a given. So how does this possibly relate to that? because the United States can't bear this burden in this same way any longer. So they need change. And they're encouraging all these nations to be independent. Part of what continues to prop up the United States, ironically, is the very dependence it's trying to put off. The fact that other nations are dependent on the United States is part of why they feed it, part of why there's so much deference. But when you encourage independence, independence grows on all fronts, including influence. The United States is encouraging military independence, but that will also result in a lack of influence with those nations. And the result in the end is not going to be the kind of results the United States is looking for. The United States needs change, but it cannot control the consequences of the change it seeks. And Bible prophecy says those consequences are not going to be good. Thanks for watching. I hope you'll check out everything we have available at tomorrowsworld.org.